You complete me. You had me at hello. You have bewitched me, body and soul. Look at you, you're downright flush. Yes, that is what happens. When one is angry. When one burns for someone who does not feel the same. We're gonna have to work at this every day, but I wanna do that because I want you. What do you want? Hi friends, welcome to PodCute, your monthly, I guess, podcast about romance novels. Well, everything romance novels and also just life in general. Uh, I'm Georgia, your host, and I'm joined by Sam and Russia, and we're going to be talking about Bridgerton this week. And I think we're just going to start off like we will probably with every episode with what we've been reading lately. Sam, I know that you've been whipping through Kindle Unlimited, so let's discuss. (laughs) Oh my God. I okay, can't wait. So I discovered Kindle Unlimited while we were rec- rec- recording. Well, I can't talk. While we were recording last time. So I signed up for it. But I have been. Okay, so I found like some good series. And then the last three days, I have found some really bad series. <laughs> that is so, Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> I was yes. reading. Um, what's her name? That's a great question. <laughs> I have been reading only historical romances. I'm still on a historical romance kick. Love it. Love it. I've been reading a lot of Scarlet Scott, which is actually good. Um, it kind of gets repetitive after a while. Like she has a lot of the same tropes, but they're still really interesting each time. And so I've been reading those and those are really good. And then more recently, I've been reading... Okay, so I found an author named Alexa Aston, and she had a series called series. the St. Clair series, which I finished, and that was really good, but it was, like, it's really weird because I feel like certain of the books she writes, the writing is really formalistic and stilted and kind of, like, mm-hmm. not great, but then she has a couple where the writing is really good, like, so much so that I'm kind of, like, is, are these being written by the same person? Because they don't seem like it. Oh, that's but so funny. The St. Clair series was really good. And then in the last two days, I read something else that she had written and I was like, I can't get through this book. It's so bad. Um, it's one of, I don't know, Rashi, must, this must happen to you because you're a writer, but do you ever read a book where like the plot is good and the characters are generally good, but the writing is so bad and certain things yes. don't happen that you're like, I want to rewrite this book. Yes, 100%. That's so funny you said that because that's one of the Kindle Unlimited books that I've been reading. Um, I kind of like the story is like totally like, you know, like obviously you guys know, like I don't care if it doesn't have to be the best plot in the world. Like I'll read it. But it's the the, I've already seen like two spelling mistakes and two grammatical errors. And there's so many runoff sentences where I am like, this is not how people like, it's just the, the dialogue. And you know, what's so funny. I noticed bad dialogue because that's one of my like weak spots in writing is writing dialogue. Um, it's not like how you and I talk when you're like writing dialogue into a, a story or a book. So when she, I, I just can't get past the conversations and the sentences are like, don't make sense. Like there should be a comma here. It should stop here. There isn't. It distracted me and I kind of like put it down because I'm like, I'm just, I, I, I want to know what happens, but I kind of don't care because the writing. Um, so yes, 100% have had that happen. Yeah. So the one that I read that that happened to me too is like her new series and the book is called Duke of Renown and it's going to be like a five part series. And like the story was good and I liked it, but I just couldn't get around some of the 
she uses like a lot of short, simple sentences. Yeah. And it's really hard to read. Yeah. But then I also read, sorry, I'm like all over the place. And then I read two really good books, which I already told you guys about um, by Emily Howard. And it's like a two-part series. And one is, the first book is called The Beast of Beswick. And the second book is called The Great Bell of Roth. And they were both really good. Nice. I feel okay. like I've heard of those, but why have I not read them? I've probably seen them on Goodreads. They're good. Okay. I'm going to write them down. Fresha, what have you read yeah. lately? Other than um, this book that you <laughs> are not liking. Yes, which sucks because I got 67% into it. Okay, so um, I know I mentioned to you both, but there's this website called BookBub. So what they do is every day when I signed up, they asked me like what books I like to read. And then they're all like Kindle, obviously, or like, you know, whatever, Nook, whatever it is, uh, books on Apple products. Um, so they ask you like what you like. And obviously I put like what I like to read, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not just like romance or like, you know, the tro- or the genres that I told you guys, it's like anything. So every day they send me like a curated list of like, Oh, Hey, like we think you'll like this. And then it tells me the price and where I can go buy it. So I do that all the time. I, I, I get really bad. And I like, I, I used to check them every day because every day there's a new email with that list. But then I like, sometimes I just wait till there's like seven of them. <laughs> So um, through uh, through that, like that little list, I like downloaded a bunch of random books, which like I told you are basically just like the trashy smut, like erotic romance novels. Um, and I've gotten some really good ones through this website. I think the, um, the one that this, like a lot of the ones I sent you a list of, Georgia, like they're from that website. Mm. So I downloaded this one and it's... <laughs> I stopped reading it. I'm 6% in because I kind of was like, I don't know if I like this. Um, it's about a hockey player who, uh, yep, hockey player, um, who um, like realizes he's all alone, doesn't have a family and like looks for this girl that he had like a relationship with back when they were 18 and they're now 24. Meanwhile, this girl is married but got pregnant from this hockey player and has twins, but he doesn't know that. So she does like a paternity test on them. I don't know why, because like she clearly knows who the father is. I hate this trope. I hate it. I hate surprise pregnancy. I hate the secret baby. I hate it. And that's what sucks. It wasn't even like surprise pregnancy. They were 18 and they like, you know, slept together. She got pregnant, but she never told him she left. So I'm like, why do you need to do like a paternity? I guess I, guess I didn't understand it because she clearly knows who the father is. And she was married to a guy who knew that they were not his kids and he ended up dying. So her hu- dead husband's mom and dad who adopted him told her you should look for your kids' real father. And I'm like, why does she have to look for him? She knows who he is. This I'm is so much happening in 6% of a book. Literally, yeah. <laughs> percent okay so I put that I put that one down and then um Sam when you were gone I was telling Georgia I was reading a story and it's about uh oh no no I think you were there Sam but it was I said cowboys is like another trope that I'm like "Eh," like I don't I I'm not into that um so but however I started the series and it's or I started this this uh, I think it's a series it's called Wicked Fall by Sawyer Bennett and I think I've read a bunch of her books as well um you guys know that I rarely read like historical romance other than like Bridgerton um so these are like this is a contemporary obviously and it's about a girl who 
comes back to her hometown and meets with this guy that she was her brother's friend. Her brother passed away and he, she wanted to get with him and he said no, cause she was young. She was younger than him. Um, and then now they, they're like getting back together and he has like, he's like rich, obviously they're all rich and he has this farm, but also he has this like nightclub, but it's a front for a sex club. and then they're at the point where she's like his secretary so they're at a point where she finds his the blueprint she goes in his office and she finds the blueprint for his sex club and is like I want you to take me to this. And he's like, I'm not going to. And she goes, okay, I'll just ask this one guy, this one guy who is part of the club. And he doesn't want her to go with that guy. So he's like, okay, fine. Like I'll show you. Um, I'm not, I'm not there yet. This is 30, 33% in. Um, so it's, listen, it's interesting. Like, I'm not going to sit here and trash it. Cause I actually like it because their relationship as well to me is like, I, I there's like, there's like a lot there and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, so I'm, I, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm going to finish that one for sure. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Um, and I also started the fourth Bridgerton book, which I'm excited to finally do. I know. And, um, I just like, I'm so excited, even though like, I hate that I know what happens because the first season of the show, like kind of spoiled it. Um, but I'm still so excited to read it because I love Penelope. And when we start talking about the books more, there's a there's a part there's a topic with her that I like I, I'm worried I I don't think they'll do this on the show so I'll, we'll talk about that when we get there Ooh. but there's something about her I can guess that, exactly what it is I feel like I know do you do, do you do we want to say it now because it's something that they mentioned in this in the third book and I was so angry so angry that they that they did this that that Julia Quinn did this like it made me really upset and I know I know for sure they're not going to do it on the show is what I should say they're definitely not going to um but Sam you can if you want to can I guess yes is it like that she loses a significant amount of weight yes it is and she's like suddenly attractive yep yep I I was I read it and was like "Mm." I was so angry when I read that and I don't know if it was the second or third book I think it was the second or th- I don't know. But when I read that, I was so angry because I was like, fuck you. You just took like, you just like trashed her weight in the first book. And now all of a sudden she's going to be skinny. And then she, and then, I mean, people don't know that the fourth book is about her, but then she's going to find love with Colin. We all know that. Oh yeah. You can edit that out if you want to. Um, but I was, I mean, so that's pretty like, obvious. Yeah. They like I know, really I know. foreshadow it. <laughs> Yes, yes. And so I was But they do angry. like um she's all that her. Yeah. And I don't think like especially with Nicola Coughlin in the role and the way the show is going, I do not think they are going to do that. Can you imagine now in this day and age someone saying you need to lose a significant amount of weight? No way. There's no way they're gonna do that. And I'm so glad they're not going to. Like that makes they're me gonna really happy. I just they're gonna change yeah. that. There's no way. It'll be one there's, of the things that they change. There's yeah. no way. Nicole Coffin would literally walk off the set if they were like, you have to lose weight for this role. Yeah. There's no fucking way. Um, so yes, Sam, I'm glad we're on this. I'm glad we're all on the same page about it. Cause I read that and I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like you, this is such bullshit. And it was, I think it was the second book because it was when 
Kate and her were at like an event and then what's her face Cressida makes a comment about her like oh like you still you lost weight but you're still yeah and that's when Anthony comes and says something and Kate is like oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Anthony yeah. comes and like defends her, yes. you know, and I'm like, he gives okay. the cut direct to Cressida. Yes, yes, yes. yes Cressida Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, that name just like kills me. Um, so, so yeah. Do you remember that Prince Harry had like his ex was Cressida? <gasps> Cressida Bonus. I was, I was just gonna say that, pretty. but I was like, I, yes, I was like, I just, I know that's how I know that name, first of all, but I didn't want to mention it because I already talked too much about Harry and Meghan. But yes, I 100%. Every time I think of that name, I think of her because that's the first time I heard that name. It's such, that is such a, um, like, posh British girl name. Yes, yes, Cressida. 100%. That's what I said. I was like, it must be like a very British name because I don't know anyone else who has that name <laughs> except for two British people and one of them is not real. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So yes. So yeah, Georgia, what have you been reading? So um, my reading has slowed down because I need to focus on school and also it's midterm season for my students who I've been marking. Oh, but yeah. I, so I read a bunch of the Scarlet Scott books after Sam said that we should read them because they were just like blink and you're done. Like they're so yeah. easy. And also the interesting thing that I noticed about her is she just, there's no preamble. <laughs> Yeah. in <laughs> like like there's no they're immediately like either married or like having sex like there isn't like a leader <laughs> we're just like it. <laughs> so it's like okay it. so it's kind of nice because it's almost like you start the book a third of the way through already or even like half through so it's like really breezes by so I read a bunch of those um I read the last book in the Alicia Rye series Modern Love um it's called first comes like she wrote girl gone viral and also the right swipe I don't know if you've read her um I've heard of that second the second one yeah girl gone viral I really liked um this book was like meh I didn't really think it was that good but it's interesting because it's a story of like the main girl wears a hijab and she's Pakistani American and she's an influencer and like um it's an interesting story I just was like wait did you say she's the villain in the book or she's the main character she's the main character oh okay I don't know why I thought I heard that I was like what why was she why is she the villain that's no 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 no. (laughs) okay okay Um, but so like representation in books which is great um the first book I think the main character is um she's black and then in the second book the girl is like half south asian i think okay maybe full south asian anyway it's a series about like modern love as it's called anyway yeah i didn't really like that one but then i also read i read another one that i didn't really like um (laughs) have you guys read anything by samantha young no but i have her like on my to read list yeah so she wrote a bunch of these books from well they're based in edinburgh the first book is ooh something on dublin street i can't remember anyway uh, they're on super super angsty sam so if you ever Perfect. circle back oh. if you ever circle back to your contemporary like so much angst um and then 
she's written kind of like these one-off books as well. Uh, and this one is called Much Ado About You. And it's about this girl from, I think she's from Chicago. She's like 33. She breaks up with her boyfriend, quits her job because she doesn't get a promotion that she deserves. And then she just moves to this place in Northumberland um, on this holiday where you rent out a bookstore and you run the bookstore while you're there. So it's like the premise is very cute. It's very like the holiday. Um, um, also, what if we did that one year when COVID <laughs> is over? Because I want to do this. Are yeah. you kidding me? This is amazing. Yeah. And so she takes over this store and she lives in this like small town in Northumberland. And there's like, she becomes friends with all the community and she meets this guy who's a farmer. She like falls in love with him and she doesn't want to be with him because he lives there and she lives in Chicago and she's only there for a few months and then blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because there's like a twist at the end, but it's just like, kind of dumb <laughs> I don't know I didn't oh, like no. it at the end it was kind of just like actually all the way up to the twist the book was so predictable that it was like okay like this yeah. isn't interesting at all and then the twist happens and the twist isn't big enough to like redeem it it's just like that's annoying because okay. the way you set it up like I really wanted to read it that sounds like yeah. a great plot it's a great plot and then it just really crashes and burns hard so oh, that's okay. um, I also read there's an author named Claire Kingsley. She's on Kindle Unlimited. She wrote, I think it's called like the Dirty Martini Running Club series. And there's three books so far. Um, and I read the latest one, which I think is called Marry Mr. Wrong. I think that's what it's called. It's like two people who are enemies that like get married in Vegas. It's like the Dirty Martini. Oh my God. Wait, can I show you guys? I looked this up. <laughs> I looked this up on Goodreads and then look what showed up. I don't know if you can see it. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, this could be it because, oh my God, wait. And the no. series, wait, the series is called, okay, wait, I just need you to see it. Wait, look, the series is called Cocktails. <laughs> wow. Okay, what a missed opportunity to spell it T-A-L-E-S yeah. instead of T-A-I. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no. I need to message them and be like, what a missed opportunity. Like, this was oh my God, this hilarious. So okay, sorry. Sorry, that was just so funny. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, let me look this up. Um, <laughs> perfect. No, but I read that one, and that one was fine. The first book in that series is my favorite, for sure. Um, but yeah, so that's basically what I've read lately. Now, now I have these books saved that I need to read. So. I know, Sam, I cannot keep up. Like I keep saying I'm going to add my, like the books you send me. Like when you first used to send them, I would like add them to my list. Now I can't keep up because you read like five a week and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I've Wait. only read like half of a Kindle book. The ones, <laughs> the ones that I've recommended more recently, the Emily Howard ones are like real books, but like a bunch of the ones that I've been reading are like 180 page long novellas. Like they're not. Oh, see, I like that. I like that. And they're the yeah, Scarlet so Scott ones. I'm telling you, you like yeah. zoom through them. Yeah. Okay. okay they're not like, know. they're really easy reads. Yeah. And I guess like, I'm not going to lie to you guys, like Bridgerton, like the historical romances, obviously, like we all know, I started my romance reading with historical romances. Um, but I like the more contemporary. Um, I will say that. Um, so Bridgerton, obviously, 
So um, I'm more on like the contemporary side. So when you guys like recommend these to me, I like look them up and I'm like, okay, like, you know, do I want to read this because I know you, you guys say that they're good. So I know they're going to be good. Um, but I just like, I'm so used to reading the contemporary ones, um, other than like Bridgerton, obviously. Um, but yeah, I that's through, why I like, I go through phases. Like yeah. I'll read, I'll read the shit out of historical. And then I'm like, yeah. eh, the tropes are boring now. And then I go back yeah. to contemporary and then I go back. <laughs> yeah. And it really yes. depends on the series. Like the Scarlet Scott ones, I really liked, um, the Notorious Ladies series, like those ones, I found yeah. really easy to go through. And then the one that came before it, um, Hearts Temptation, that series was also super easy to go through. And then, like, yeah. some of her other ones, I just, I like didn't finish the series. But the lady, yeah, ones were really it's also yeah. because the thing with historical romances is they're usually like based around a family or they're based yeah. around like a group of people. And by the time you get through the third book, usually you are so used to the way that the writer writes that yeah. it's hard for it to be not it is, it's hard for it to be interesting in a way because you just know what's coming or you know like yeah. you you almost like figure out their formula so you're just like okay yes no I get what you mean they said that they that they're like into each other but you know that something's gonna happen to pull them apart and then yes. they're gonna come always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like yeah you get too used to the trope so that's usually when I have to like jump back to contemporary and then I'll go back yeah basically yeah um okay we should talk about Bridgerton because yeah this is what kickstarted Sam's like romance revival um yeah. I think what we're going to do for people listening, we are going to talk about the show. We are going to talk about the differences between the first book, which is Daphne and Simon and the show. Then we are going to go into like a heavy spoiler section for what will probably come in season two. And later um, we are going to be talking about Anthony and Kate's book and then um, Benedict and Sophie's book. We will timestamp when we start talking about heavy spoilers that you will not have come across in the show yet. Um, so you can stick with us for the first part and then jump off if you don't want to know um, in case you haven't read the books. If you've read the books, then stick around. We're going to chat about books. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I guess, I don't know where we start. Well, we can start with, so I, Sam, I think you read the first book after watching the show, which is, I, I did as well. Okay. 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 So, but Georgia, did you read it before the show? I read the whole okay. series before the show. Okay. Oh, damn. Okay. So <laughs> I read, so, okay. So I'm going to start because I want to like put this out there. I like the show more than the book. And I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, and here's why I say that. So in the book, um, it seems to be like in the show, they introduce everybody. 
in the book, they kind of introduced everyone's background and who they are like separately. Um, like I remember like reading the book and I'm like, Eloise is barely in this. Anthony is barely in this. Well, no, sorry. Anthony is in it. Cause he has everything to do with Simon and Daphne and what happens with them. Um, but like Penelope is like barely in this, you know? So I, that's why I liked it. Um, like Lady Danbury is like not even really like someone that they talk about. Like she's there and her personality on the show kind of matches the personality in the book, but she's not someone that they claim is like close to Simon. Obviously that's one of the differences. Um, so I, and personally for me, Simon and Daphne's story, cause I've only read books one, two, and three. Simon and Daphne's story to me is like the most boring. Um, I don't, I, I, I like feel bad saying that because the show was so good in presenting it. Um, but that is why I'm like glad that they're kind of switching things up with the second one, meaning like that uh, Kate is going to be a brown woman and not a white woman. And I love that. Um, but I personally like the story between Kate and Anthony to me is like so much better and more interesting um, because the whole, oh, let's pretend to be, you know, let's pretend we're engaged and all that. That's like not really interesting to me. Um, but the way Anthony and Kate, like how their relationship started, like love, absolutely love that so much. So is, that's how yeah. I feel about that. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Sam, did you have a similar experience because you read it I after? I couldn't finish reading it. Like I the started reading the first book and okay. I just skimmed like in, and I don't mean like skimmed every page. I mean, like I fully barely yes. it because yes. I couldn't get into it um so I really just started with the second book yes no I love that and you know what's so funny is I watched the show and then I bought the book and then um one of my family friends she and I started reading I, I was like hey like let's read this together and then you should watch the show after so I remember her kind of being like yeah the book's okay and then I was like okay like let's just finish the book because once you watch the show it's going to be totally different and then after she watched the show, show she was like I totally like the show more than the book. And I'm like, yep. And I was like, the, sh the book was so different. Like even I was getting bored, but I was going into, I, I wanted to read it because I knew what the show, like how the show was going to present it. Um, but I literally was like, why am I so bored? Even though I, I mean, I know what's going to happen, but I still was bored, I guess I should say. Um, so yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, I'm so glad I like read, I'm glad I read it, but I like, I just told recently, my cousin asked me if she should read, um, if she, she wants to read the books. And I'm like, honestly, I was like, did you watch season one? And she's like, I did. And I was like, just skip the first book and read the, the, start with the second one. Yeah. Honestly, like, yeah, that's totally fine to do. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I read the books like six or seven years ago, I think. And okay. then um, I reread certain ones. Like I reread Anthony's book and I reread Francesca's book a lot. Okay. Those are like probably the most reread re ones. Um, yeah. The first one, not so much. Though I did, when I found out the show was being made, I went back and read it. And yeah. we'll talk about this later, but there's some problematic stuff going on in there yes, that there I didn't pick up on my first read. And yeah. then when I reread, I was like, ooh, this is rough. 
but yeah. yeah I think so for people who like didn't watch the show I don't know how you didn't watch it considering <laughs> like 40 million people watched it yeah um but the show is based around the Bridgerton family who hold um a Viscount seat uh and there's eight of them and the mom Violet the dad is dead uh and so Anthony Anthony's a Viscount. He's the oldest son. And the family is named from A to H. H. Yeah. H. I was like, uh, I almost said G. And then I was like, wait, no, Gregory's the last book, but he's not the last kid. Um, And the, so the first book is about um, Daphne. And in the book, she's like, in her second season or third season and she like doesn't have marriage prospects so she concocts this plan with Simon the Vic- or the Duke of Hastings to pretend to be engaged or like on the road to engage being engaged and then stuff happens they end up getting actually married blah blah blah, blah. that's like the rough gist of it the show dives into storylines that come much later in the books um and also add a bunch of like different stuff and then also obviously diversify the story by casting non-white actors in major roles including Queen Charlotte um and then yes um Simon is also um a black actor Uh, who's so freaking hot by the way who's like probably the most attractive person I've ever seen when I first when I first watched the show and I got to the scene where he's licking the spoon, I literally just like had to stop. Like I literally had to stop. And I was like, this is too much. <laughs> like I can't. I love it. When they showed his butt, I was so like shocked. I know it's Netflix. I know it's a Shonda Rhimes show, but I was like so shocked, you know? And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, I'm going to accept it. Like I'm okay with it. I just like didn't expect it. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. And yeah. so I think people describe the show as like Gossip Girl set in the Regency era. Yes, 100%. Um, that's how I feel. But with the aesthetic of if people have seen the most recent Emma, it has the same aesthetic, like bright colors, super like, super like the opposite of what you think about like really dour. And like period piece. Yeah, strict period pieces. Um, they wear like lots of feathers and yeah, bright colors, yeah. and they have like yeah, anything. And it's like always it's, really bright and airy and like lots of flowers yeah. and stuff. But it sort of vaguely, sort of vaguely reminds me of Sofia Coppola's version of Marie Antoinette. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of the colors and like the the, the um that that one was very like um had a very like chill humorous aspect to Marie Antoinette which this one is obviously kind of serious but in terms of like the the tone and everything um kind of reminds me I haven't watched that movie in a really really long time so I'm going off of like when I last watched it um that's kind of what it reminded me of um but yeah I oh so okay do you know what I wanted to tell you obviously you can edit this but your introduction I talked about Bridgerton first without you doing the introduction so maybe like we can, <laughs> we can like uh flip it so sorry I just feel like I had to That's tell okay. you this now I don't know why but yeah um yeah I 
Sam, what do you, what do you like? Did you like the show better? Like, did you like the book better? Which I know you said, I think you answered this earlier, but I just want to hear your thoughts about like the show versus the book again. I liked the show a lot. Um, I liked it. I definitely liked it better than the first book. Yeah. Um, I guess like the rest of the series remains to be seen, but I thought they did a really good job with the casting. Um, I think, I think for me, the hard part is going to come with, I don't like casting changes. I'm totally fine with, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like when the story does is like different from the book. So some of the stuff with like the Featherstones and like whatever is like not consistent with the book. And I always have that because I get really attached yeah. to when you change it like I remember the first time I read the Bourne trilogy and I loved the books and then I went to see the movie and I was like this movie has bastardized the book and I can't <laughs> watch it and I hated the Bourne movies because I was like you like disrespected the book yeah and I'm worried that now that I've read the series that it's going to be difficult if they change things going forward um yeah but I think on its own, I thought the series was really good. I've watched it like eight times. I like, I leave it on in the background when I'm working just because like. I love that. <laughs> the soundtrack's good. Like soundtrack is so Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I listened to the soundtrack. I like, I turned it on on my speaker when I'm reading at night, like I'm reading the books and I just love it. And by the way, I'm like so dumb. Like I, like I remember when it aired, people were like, oh yeah, like thinking next was, you know, being played. And I'm like, I, when did this happen? <laughs> I did not pay attention. Um, but I love, love that version of it. Like it makes me so happy. And like the wildest dreams. And I just like, obviously like all the other ones that aren't like famous pop songs. Um, I just love the whole soundtrack. I think it's awesome. Do you know what I find really disappointing about like, watching something like that and then being in real life is somebody I can't remember who said this to me the other day but like you now go through like you have your like high school dances and you go to dances but like as an adult there is no like social circumstance where you have a dance like you would have in historical yes, yes that's so true only weddings yeah I was gonna say but weddings, even then yeah. but even then it's not not really the same which yeah. always yeah. makes me laugh because I'm sure it's the same for you Russia in the states but we had to learn how to dance in gym class for like three <laughs> weeks we had to learn how to waltz and it was like traumatizing you had to get paired up by height you had to like hold hands with someone you didn't know and like be forced to dance know. and then we don't ever yeah. use it that's such, I'm trying to think of if we had to learn how to do that. Maybe I like, maybe I like internalize or like, you know, I, I didn't want to think about it. I suppressed it so much that I don't remember. But I'm trying to th- remember if we did, if we had to learn how to dance. We had to learn um, how to waltz. We had to learn how to, we had to learn how to waltz. We had to learn how to square dance, obviously. We had to learn how to tango and how to fox. Oh my God. I did okay, not have to do good. any of this. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't either. Georgia, what kind of school did you go to? <laughs> this was at the public school I went to. This wasn't even at oh the Catholic school. At the Catholic school, we didn't learn talk. anything because you know why? We had a rule. <laughs> Do you want to know, Sam, you didn't have to have this rule because you went to an all-girls Catholic school. We had or a rule leave, where you had to leave room for Jesus <laughs> or the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm not kidding. 
one of my friends was holding hands with his girlfriend walking around the school because that's what we used to do. We were losers in the fucking middle of nowhere in Abbotsford. <laughs> and a teacher chased after them yelling, disengage. <laughs> like, Are you disengage, disengage, because they were holding hands. Crazy. So that we did not so learn dramatic. how to dance yeah. at the Catholic school. But yeah, so I think dramatic. it's also just like, yeah, you don't have those settings because no, you go to no. the bar but it's not like the no. same thing no one's it's doing just... the tango and the waltz at the bar that's for <laughs> you're sure you're also not with your parents like no. <laughs> i couldn't imagine like my mom like dragging me out to an event to be, like, yes oh wait husband. oh my god yes and you know that um in the books where you have to freaking you have a card like on your wrist Mm-hmm. for guys to dance with you I was like what the fuck is this like am I like cattle that you're branding me or like you put like a number you know like what like you have to wait yeah. for guys to come up and put their name to say they want to dance with you uh, absolutely not I also found out like every now and then I find out weird things about like the regency period for example the dances would last like 25 minutes so you'd really? be dancing around or like f- 15 to 25 minutes. So you'd be dancing around for so fucking long. Oh my <laughs> like, God. No wonder they can have these in-depth conversations. Like normally in shows, they just show them for like two minutes dancing. But yeah. it wasn't. It was like a super extended period of time, which was really important because that's the only time that you could actually be alone or in close contact with someone <laughs> that you might potentially marry. Super fucked up. That is so I anyway. hate dancing and I hate doing that. I would have hated being around in that time amongst other reasons. Yeah. But Terrible. Um, okay. Yeah. What, maybe let's talk about our absolute favorite things and then we can kind of talk about things we didn't like as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you trying to like about the second book or the first book? No, like about the show. No. Oh, about the show. Because okay. I think they did a really good job of casting. I really liked the woman who played the mom. Yes. Um, I, I thought like she her. was really good. She's so good. Yeah, I thought she was super good. Um, the woman who played Lady Danbury, perfect. Love so her. Good. <laughs> love her. Yeah. Um, Queen Charlotte, love her. Yeah. Even though, wait, I just realized Queen Charlotte isn't even in the book. Yeah, she's added. But she oh, has to be added. Yeah. She had to be That's added enough. because of they had to have a some some way to explain why racism didn't exist or not racism but like yes. okay well I race didn't really matter yeah 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 that's so true yes okay yeah. so I love I love her I love that character costuming um, on oh the men uh, very amazing. good <laughs> oh yes yes beautiful um I'm trying to think of oh oh Marina Marina's not in the books Okay. Okay. Never mind. Like specifically, what I'm Um, talking about when I said I don't like when things are different. Okay. So upset. Wait. So question. Wait. I kind of want to ask, but I'm scared too. Is she gonna show up later? Is that why you guys are looking at me like that? Okay, it's okay. No, don't say anything. I don't want to don't spoil it. I don't yeah, want to spoil it. Okay, because it's no, impossible okay. to say anything without shit yeah. getting okay. Up. Yeah, and yeah. that's okay. I'm totally fine with that. Okay, so I'm looking up costumes. So I love that, like the Featherington sisters are always known to be wearing like orange and 
green and yellow and all this stuff. So that was like hilarious. Like I love they stuck with that. I'm trying to think of what my favorite outfit was for Daphne. And I want to say it was whatever she wore when she met that, that like um, the queen's nephew or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Prince, Prince Frederick. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I yeah if I know where that. Um, I liked her wedding dress. I thought that was cute, you know, for the time at the time that it was. Um, and then obviously the dress at the very end, like at the last point yeah, yeah. they have at their house. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I loved and, and and I think you guys can explain this to me because obviously you know more about this time period than I do because <laughs> you read all those books. Um, but I noticed that Eloise always had high necklines. Is that because she wasn't out yet? No. So one of the shitty things about the Regency period is that empire waists were like the thing. They all were empire waists. But it's super awkward now because for us, that's not the silhouette that we're used to, which is why in um, Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version, they decided to set it 15 years prior so that they could put um Kira Knightley in like a normal natural waist dress no <laughs> because they I were just like empire waist look like shit but they, uh 100% and like yes. and like um like with Penelope like listen I have big boobs I like you know I hate them and every time I like look at these dresses and I look at like Penelope as well because she's also busty which is totally fine that is so uncomfortable but empire waist don't look so, good on anyone. No, exactly. No. It's well, like even like truly yeah. it's like low low rise jeans. They don't help anyone. Yes. They look like shit on yes. everyone. <laughs> don't do this. No, to you're us. absolutely right. And because even Daphne, like skinny, whatever, like even on her, it looks like ugly. <laughs> it's not a good look. Like just, she has like, it makes yeah. like it just it makes your shoulders look kind of funny, like it doesn't give you any of like, yeah, the no. shape that we're so used to aesthetically being like, that's attractive, like the small waist. And yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It doesn't look good on anyone. Yeah, Sam, like, do you have people. any favorites, things um, that you want to say? My absolute favorite other than Simon is I actually like, I love Jonathan Bailey. Oh, I love him. I love him. <laughs> Anthony and yes. I, I love him. He's I find so him beautiful. so attractive. He is objectively so attractive he's also just like he has this energy (laughs) that's like oh yes we were talking about this how we were going to start doing a segment about like casting books I actually like whenever I read a historical romance now like there are certain descriptions where like I think of who I would cast and it's just it's actually just always Jonathan Bailey I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember watching Broadchurch like forever ago. Being like, he's so cute. <laughs> Wait, okay. Can I tell you? I watched that show and I didn't even didn't even click. Didn't yeah. even click. Um, I love that show. By the way, I love all British like true crime or dra- crime drama shows. They're done so differently than American ones, and I yeah, love I yeah. it. Um, so he's really good on that. He was also okay. There's a show called Chewing Gum, which yes! is created in, and by Michaela Cole. Yes, which who, by the way, is like an amazing, amazing like creator. She, I just love her. Um, so he played like a role, and I 
someone tweeted it like right when Bridgerton came out and it's like this tiny role that he had where he was just like this awkward he just was saying some like stupid shit to Michaela Cole's character and it was so funny like so funny and I just loved that I just loved it so much so yeah he's great all around he's a he's a great person when Mallory watched it she like immediately texted me was like it's the hot guy from chewing gum like he has a name it's like hot guy hot guy she asks out on a date or like hot guy who tries to date her or something yes. she's like I knew yes. I recognize this guy I love <laughs> yeah. that that just that's awesome but yeah, yeah he's he's funny. amazing and I cannot wait well actually we'll talk about what we like about the first book and this or the show and then we can like talk about about his story well I don't want to jump jump yeah. you know too soon in because I'm so excited to talk about it <laughs> okay we can talk about things we didn't like as much about the sh- like from the show from the first series of the show not gonna lie didn't love the casting of Daphne <laughs> I, she just okay. looked so young yeah yes. she looked so so young and I get that like objectively she's the same age that she's supposed to be but it's mm-hmm. really jolting when you're watching it because yeah. she also looks younger than the rest of her siblings, <laughs> which yes. is like how yes. like we all know now that Nicola Coughlin and um oh my god, I can't remember the girl's name who plays Eloise. The actress Claudia Claudia, Claudia Jesse. They're like in their 30s. Yeah. Are they really? I knew about Nicole Nicola, but I did not know about about the actress. Yeah, they're Eloise. both like in their early yeah. 30s, but like okay. Phoebe Dinever or whatever is like like 22 22 but she looks like she's 16 so there's parts where I was just like I don't like this (laughs) it didn't like ruin the show it was much more like on a second watch I was like ooh, I don't know if I love this but yeah Yeah. I don't know And, and I totally agree and also the the thing that like really annoyed me book difference between show they're all supposed to look alike and she looks not like they all have dark brown hair. And homegirl is like a strawberry blonde, basically. She's got like light brown, blonde, red hair. And I am just like so annoyed at that. I'm so annoyed because I'm like, and even like a Francesca who's in there for like half a second. Like okay, that also- is my other thing. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I know at one point, remember Georgia, at one point I messaged you and I was like, where's the other sister? <laughs> She's not. She just shows up randomly in like the sixth yeah. episode for like two seconds. Yes. I almost yes. lost my mind because the Francesca book is like one of my favorites. So so bad. I know. And I'm like always worried that like maybe they won't like get to the eight seasons. I'm hoping they do because the show has gotten such a big following. But I'm kind of hoping I my my fear is that not they may two things. They may not get to eight seasons or they may combine two books into one. I think they're going to mush some. Yeah. Because some of them don't need, yeah. I was going to say books, I think books four, five, and six. They all happen at the same same time, time, I think. Oh, interesting. The Eloise and Francesca book for sure happens at the same time. Okay. Okay, good to know. Eloise and part of Colin slash Penelope are. Yeah. So they're like super back to back to back. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that makes sense. I yeah. I'm okay with them doing that if that's kind of how it is on the show. Um, I just um, I just want to be able to see all of the all of the the stories like play out basically. 
Yeah. Even though I haven't read all of them yet. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I wonder if they're going to recast some of them. <laughs> yes. Because the two kids are like younger. I know, but it's going to take like, yeah. it's going to be like Game of Thrones. It's going to take like, I know in 10 years and they're oh going to be Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> in their twenties. Actually, I was thinking about this and I thought like, unfortunately they couldn't have done this because they probably would have had to pay her too much money. <laughs> but Sophie what? Turner would have been so good in this show. Oh my God. She just looks perfect as like, yeah. she's a perfect like English rose. Like, yes, she totally is. It would have been good. But anyway, my thing, I digress. Yeah. My thing with like Phoebe is like, okay, so I like her. I think she's amazing. She's but, a great actress. Oh, she is. She is. But like, um, I again, like, I think I would have liked like if they dyed her hair, I would have loved that. It's such a stupid, like, little tiny little, you know, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. I just like it. Like, they kept going on and on about the show, about or in the books about they all have the same brown hair and like all different colored eyes and like that's how you know she's a Bridgerton because she's got brown hair and he's got brown hair and I'm like okay so then like why the hell is this girl who doesn't have the same color on here my other thing is um because of that hair color thing um an actress that I thought that could have played her was um and I'm gonna say her name wrong but she was on Skins and around the time every time there was like a new young adult movie or book that was coming out that's going to be made into a movie she was always recast she was always like recommended as being uh thought of for the main role is kaya scatellaro i think i'm saying oh yes i know who you're talking about yeah yeah totally is she in percy jackson i think so okay yeah yeah Yeah, oh yeah she would have been good that's an interesting. Yeah, because I was like, hey, listen, she's already got the brown hair. She has like nice, like uh, I think her eyes are like green or whatever. I'm like, she would have been so perfect. She's British, like it would have been just so great. Um, they but, really just played. Yeah. They like they played really fast and loose with some of the casting because Benedict looks yeah. like he's forty. Let's be real. <laughs> so it's just like. He looks, he looks so much older. And it's like, okay. 100% looks older than Anthony. 100%. So it's like, okay, okay. we're just just going with this. We're also just going to leave Francesca out. I'm bitter about this, but that's fine. I'm with you on the Phoebe thing because the other thing that bothered me was she's not described as like a diamond of the first water in the book. Like she's- No, she's not. No. Yeah. And then in the show, they make this huge deal about it. And like, yeah, like she's, I've seen her in other shows and I think she's like beautiful, but from like the fringe bangs and like, oh God, the bangs ways they me. dressed her just did not work for her. And I was like, you yeah. like it, they would have been better off not with the whole like diamond of the first water thing. Cause it wasn't yes. even book, and it was so unnecessary. Yes. So unnecessary. But I would, yeah. I would have cast, who would I have cast instead? Um, do you know who I can't say her name? I don't know if it's Say or Sai. Like it's S A I, and her mm-hmm. last name is Bennett, and she's in Star's adaptation of Philip Gregory's um, Spanish Princess. Ooh, I don't know her. I'm looking it up. Oh, she would have been good. And like she kind of fits the description in the book. Yeah, she does. Are you looking Wait, at her? Wait, you guys. Phoebe. Let me see. Oh. 
Oh, it's not working. <laughs> What's that? Wait, the number is 25, by the way. I thought she was like 22. No, she um, looks like she's 14. She and I'm saying yeah, that as someone who gets frequently. Oh, MG, you guys. The actress I just Googled, Cy Bennett. Yeah. OMG. She would have been. Love. Because she, she also looks like. <laughs> she A kind Bridgerton. of looks like. She has like Jonathan Bailey-esque stuff and she also looks like the youngest. Like she looks like Gregory. Or not the youngest, the second. <laughs> oh youngest. my god, yes. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, who I would have cast. Yeah. Um, I think like Nicola Coughlin was like perfect casting. I also think the woman oh, who they cast as Lady Featherington was perfect. Um so yeah, I don't know. Um, this is another actress. I think she's she's Irish. She was in, she was on Game of Thrones. She played Jon Snow's mom. Oh, yes. Okay. I think she's like stunning. I'm going to show you if this picture can be clear. Okay, this is her. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Love. She is, let me tell you, she's in her 20s. She's 27. Yeah, I think that she would have also been really, really good. I love her. Um. Uh, she's in this movie called The Nightingale, by the way. Very, very, just very graphic, but she was so good in it. It's a, it's like a horrible movie. Like, no, it's a great movie, but the <laughs> topic is horrible. Um, but anyway, yes, I would have loved, she would have been a good uh, Daphne for sure. Any other things we didn't like before we, I think we should talk about the queer baiting um, thing. Yes, we, we should talk about that. Um, okay, so I was... I did, I went on a call uh, for, on the Clubhouse app, and it was my first call that I've ever done. Um, so it was t- basically talking about, um, it was, it was, it was created by, uh, it's a, this, this girl that I follow, it, her hat, her at is written by Hannah. She's awesome. She's always like um, tweeting like really funny things with what I have to do with like, the film industry and pop culture. She's awesome. So she did this like talk having to do with like, you know, being a radical or being a leftist. I wouldn't say radical. I don't want to say that, but being like a communist slash leftist when and wanting to be a filmmaker in an industry, aka Hollywood, that is very like capitalist. Capitalistic. <laughs> yes, 100 percent And how, you know, there's always like, you know, propaganda with how things mm-hmm. are made. Like I, I know you guys know that like with Marvel movies, they like work with the CIA. It's like a very Oh my um, god, it's the military industrial complex oh, yeah, on yes, film. 100%. Like military propaganda, everything. So um there was there was um, a lot of people talking on the call and it was mostly uh black filmmakers and a lot just a lot of people of color in general. And one of the things they brought up was Bridgerton. Um mm-hmm. and a lot of them were very like they said they watched it, but they were like kind of dissatisfied and like kind of upset. Like they were they were calling it out. They were like, listen, you can but basically the basis was like you can make any show you can dress it up with as many people of color as you can but the truth of the matter like kind of like hamilton truth of matters at this time period these people were fucking horrible to black people and other people of color and i thought about that because i told myself i said am i like perpetuating this you know this whole idea of like people of color trying to join like us or like uh in a show where they where they are joining a society that is predominantly white when we all know that in real life this would have never been able to happen 
Um, and so I like, you know, had to take a step back because you guys obviously know I love this show and I love the books and everything. So I kind of had to take a step back because I needed to realize that, you know, just because I like it or that I read the books doesn't mean that it's going to be perceived the same way by other people who watch these shows. Um, I follow, she's this amazing author, by the way, she wrote, uh, her name is Bolu Babalola. She's British. She's awesome. I love her. She is the reason why I am not afraid to say I love rom-coms anymore. I've like always like have been hesitant to say it, but she's amazing. So she wrote a book called Love and Color and it's a bunch of short stories and she takes like famous love stories in history and she kind of reimagines them in contemporary times. It's amazing and I would love mm-hmm. to like be able to for us to read um her book and talk about it cuz I yeah. haven't yeah, I bought it. Like I pre-ordered it when it wasn't even in the sale in the U.S. It's she's British, so it's, it was only available in the U.K. And I paid like so much shipping, but I'm like, I don't care. Like I want your bug. Um, so she watched Bridgerton and she liked it. And she was like, honestly, she goes, listen, like obviously there. Basically, her tweet, her tweet was like someone had said she had said, um, you know that scene where Lady Danbury and Simon like talk to each other, mm-hmm. um, about like the race aspect. And she said, she said, she herself was like, I kind of wish they didn't even bring it up. Um, because sometimes she said something along the lines of, and I don't, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't want to quote her directly. Something about like, like, it's okay to watch a show where like, it doesn't talk about race because it's okay for you to not have to be for, uh, for people of color to be faced with all the atrocities, atrocities of like racism in everything that they watch. So I'm very much paraphrasing and I'll find the tweets and I'll show them to you guys. Um, so that is like what made me like, you know, I like took a step back because obviously I'm okay with people of color having being care or being actors on this show. That's totally fine. Um, but I also need to realize that like some people might not feel the same way that I feel or that we feel about these shows and these, these kinds of stories. Um, and that is like one of the things that I like had to take into consideration because I remember, I remember I told you guys, I was like, I really hope they cast another person of color for the role of, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name. The girl who plays, uh, for Benedict. Oh, oh yeah. For Sophie. Sophie. For Sophie. And then I was like, but wait a second, do I want a woman of color to play a character where she's a maid, a white man? So again, that's like a whole other like complex, you know? Um, yeah. aspect of it but I I just I I and I don't want people to like get a sense of like you know oh yeah look like there's people of color in these shows like it's totally fine of thinking that diversity and representation is like totally fine now because one show has people of color in roles that were not um definitely not in real life were not people of color they were white um so it just it's just like a a lot of things that I took into consideration after I listened to that clubhouse call because I was like, okay, like I totally, I I thought about it, but I didn't think about it the way that they were talking about it. Cause a lot of them were upset. A lot of the people who were on the call didn't really, um, they were like, fuck this. Like I don't put me in a show where white people, black people are going to interact with white people who definitely would not have interacted with them in real life. And I think that feeling is totally valid. 100%. Um, so yeah, I wanted to know what you guys thought about that. There were, um, I came across a couple of pieces written by um, some folks. I think they were in like The Cut and Vice maybe. Okay. Um, by, I think of it, they were both by Black women and they were, tra- they were okay. talking about this. And they were basically like, yeah. I think their thing was that 
you can't just like retcon racism in this way. 100%. Um, yeah. Without, because, and I think it was a similar thing as the author you were talking about. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's who you're referencing when you said this, but yes, um, you can't say that it's there, but it's simultaneously not, you know, like yeah. you can't say that. Yes okay, so we have Queen Charlotte and then we've been elevated and racism is yeah. over. Yeah. Um, because that's just not <laughs> how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was kind of this thing where it's like, I think it was a similar kind of idea where it's either you don't say anything. Yeah. Or you say it and you illustrate the challenges yeah. that people are having. Yeah, and I think, exactly. I think it was a similar conversation about like, what we were talking about last week and the way that um, Regency romance is really set up to be an escapist reality. Like this, none of it's true. You read these books, none of them are like historically accurate. Like we we were talking about this. There's like four Dukes at this time. Yet in Regency romance, there's like 6,000 Dukes. Like none of it's actually (laughs) historically accurate, even when we're talking about the white characters and it essentially serves as this escapist realm. So Mm -hmm theoretically you can add stuff and have it remain right. this like yeah very like romanticized utopia in a way um yeah. but as soon as you introduce the fact that racism existed mm-hmm. and that black people were enslaved it becomes complicated especially because slavery wasn't eradicated until 18 until the 1830s so yeah it's it's a complicated one. And I think, um, like we can say that like, it's not ultimately like up to us in terms of the black experience. It will be interesting to see how they navigate South Asian experience. If they put like people from like with Chinese backgrounds into the show, because there obviously is the ties. One of her her maids, one of like her ladies in waiting was, Chinese or yeah. Asian. Yeah. And so it's, it'll be interesting because yeah. actually it took me a while at first. I was like, Oh, this is just black people. Like, are they not putting like Asian people or like other yeah. people in? And then I realized that they color. were, it was just kind yeah. of more um, scattered, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's complicated. And I think part of it comes from, you have to decide what the show is. Is it escapist? Yeah. TV or is it a show that's actually making a political statement with a message? And when you personally decide what it's doing, then I think you can surmise what you want from it. Um, That's basic. Like for me, that's basically it. Like I can't really speak to the other side of it, but no, not at all. And I, and I like, that's why like when I, um, I wish I'd written some of the stuff that they were saying down when I was on that call. It was last week. That's so funny that you said that because she um, or one of the women that spoke during that clubhouse call literally said, of course, it's political. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can't say it's not. Yeah. And 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 for her, it, it it is. And for a lot of people on that call, it was. Um, yeah. And then I have, and then I have like people like the like the like the author that I spoke about, Bolu Babalola, she her saying like, it's OK if they don't bring it up. Um, you know, paraphrase, and, and I'm literally just remembering the one tweet that she had because someone 
um, some she had quote tweeted someone that said, "Oh, did you see the scene where Lady Danbury and Simon were talking?" And she goes, "Yeah, I kind of wish they didn't bring it up." Um, and then she went on to explain, like, "This this is not real. Like, obviously, I'm not sitting here thinking this shit actually happened." You know, um, and that's how she she justified it. But again, like you and I, me, you and Sam can talk about this. Like, go, we can talk about it as much as we want. But I, like you said, specifically what you said earlier, it's not up to it's not up to us to decide. Um, well, and and also, it will be different for different people of color. Like, one hundred percent, yeah, how they 100%. interact with it because I yeah. think um, Reggae Jean Page was talking about it, and I think yeah. he was basically just like. It's nice that we can just have black joy on television in these ways, yes, like black love stories. Like, yes, I remember. Yeah, I did read that article where he said that. Yeah, and I I totally understand. Like, I'm coming from the like a middle of very. I'm obviously very white passing, but coming from like a Middle Eastern perspective, I would absolutely love if they had Middle Eastern characters on that show because, again, my whole my whole like reasoning for going into film is because. I want to write better stories for Middle Eastern characters. And if that means that I will write a Regency era story where a Middle Eastern character falls in love with whatever kind of man, whether he is white, black, Asian, Middle Eastern himself, that to me is like good, you know, because I'm not talking about the racism and all that stuff that goes with being a non-white person in that kind of era. Like I totally would write that. Um, but that's me again. That's like me, you know, like I'm okay with that, but that doesn't mean that I speak for other people, other minorities or people who have been marginalized and how they want to be written or represented on TV shows like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree with that. I like, I think I would tend more towards for myself as like a Chinese person, the, yeah. I would tend more towards the views of the author on the call, like of the, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. The one who said, essentially, I, I would rather they just didn't talk about it. Like, it's yes, obviously yeah. fiction. Yeah. And you can create whatever world you want to in fiction. And yep. your audience is smart enough to know that that's not what really happened. 100%. Yeah. I, I fully respect people on the call who said it's always political. And that is like, and I think that is the truth for a lot of um people of color, especially black people, is that like everything is always political. But 100%. Absolutely. I, it's, it is, I think for myself and my own experience of it is like, it's really hard to see that in everything. And yeah. I know, and like, obviously that is the truth of it, but part of, part of the reason you have movies and TV is escapism and yep. to be able yep. to enjoy something and not just pick pick out what's wrong with it sometimes and just accept that it's fiction and this was not what really happened but I can mm-hmm. enjoy this for one hour and like you said like yeah what it could have been like is you know I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying escapism and like that's why I didn't I actually never liked the tv show girls I was like this is way too like Notwithstanding all the other existing problems with girls itself, <laughs> the whole, say, there's so many problems yeah, with it. There, the it. problems are endless, but it was yeah. like from, from the first episode I watched of it, it was just the vibe of it was like, this is depressing as shit and not like in yeah. any way escapist. And I don't need this. Like, what yeah. I want from my entertainment is to like not be reminded of my own life. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And 100%. It's, I think the. 
The problem with race in romance writing, specifically historical romance writing, has been a big problem. I think, like, Beverly Jenkins was the person who, like, blew everything up by actually writing about Black characters. She writes about, like, enslaved Mm -hmm. people who are escaping or free Black people. Um, And she's, like, massive. But she was the first, like, big person who did that. Otherwise, the stories are predominantly white because... Mm -hmm that was the reality of that time. And so there's like a lot of problems. I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, Russia. I don't know if you remember this, but, um, Courtney million or million Milan, Courtney Milan. Yeah. The writer she's black, but she writes historical romance novels and she was in the, like, I don't know, romance writers of America thing or whatever. And she accused another writer of, peddling with racist tropes because she had been. (laughs) Um, And there's a lot of racist tropes in romance writing, Um, like uh, captive stuff and like bad stuff. Oh, yes. Wait, I remember I told you like the books that I found, like the historical romance books that I found in my cousins. Um, I don't know if I told you, but one of the, one of the, and I remember even being young and not wanting to read those, but not because I was woke at 12 years old, but because I like, I just was like, this doesn't sound interesting because this just sounds dumb. And then when I got older, I was like, this is fucked up and I'm glad I didn't read them. But one of the themes in some of those books is they're set in like the 1800s in the U S before it was even settled. So there were these plots where it was like, a white man who gets taken from his family by indigenous people and gets raised by them and then meets a white woman to fall in love with. And and then like the back of the book describes him as savage. Yeah. yeah. And I remember reading so many of those, like are, are reading the back of, of so many of those. And I remember just being like, what the fuck? You yeah. know, like when I, I was like 12, again, I'm not sitting here thinking that I was, you know, not problematic at 12 years old. And I was so woke that at the time that I knew that this was wrong. I literally just didn't have interest in reading that plot, th- those kinds of plots. And then when I got older and I like saw them again and remembered, I was like, holy shit, this is really fucked up. Obviously, they're written in the 80s. So, yes, 100 percent. Um yeah, totally. the, the yeah. captive the captive trope is one that like dates back like basically to the beginning of American literature. Like yep. um, yep. and also I'm sure like other like British literature and stuff. I just know specifically yeah. about American literature, but yeah. Um Courtney Milan like pointed out um that there was like racist tropes being peddled and it became this whole shitstorm and she ended up like leaving and it was like this whole thing so there's holy shit issues with white supremacy and racism in like the romance writing world already and then I was trying to think about other cases and the only thing I could think of Sam is one of the Eloisa James books where one of the characters is half Indian Parth Oh yeah. He marries Lavinia. Yeah. He's the only person, but even then, like the conversations of him being Indian and like, I guess you can have the conversation of does that side of his identity need to be fully flushed out or is it okay that it's just like kind of a thing that you slowly realize yeah. <laughs> at the end. It was like, like very oh. subtle. It was very subtle, but that's the only case that I can think of in terms so of like the big ones. So um, 
and we can do this in another episode, but obviously like you and I love the Evie Dunmore. Oh yes. Yes. But the second book, um, a rogue of one's own, which I like, I loved the story between the main characters, but I appreciate that some of the secondary characters are super problematic. Like his valet is Indian. Yes. And it's just like, got these, like these random conversations with him about like where they should live in India if he wants to move his mom there. And like, it's completely unnecessary. And I don't know why that's there. And that's obviously not even the biggest problem in that book. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that one. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. But that's just all to say that. Yeah. This is an issue. And we can also talk about the heteronormativity that comes with these. Oh, yes. For sure. Oh, God. Yeah. And so in Bridgerton, it's a Shonda Rhimes series. So like, you can expect basically anything under the sun to be happening. Yeah. Um, And so we talked about this on the first episode we did, but the question of if they're going to gender bend some of the characters to make the relationships not heterosexual yep and the conversation about benedict because they queer baited him and they totally did they totally did and i am like so annoyed because i love his story so but i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be annoyed if they obviously um made his character gay that's totally fine I just I don't just, know how they I mean, do it without yeah, changing the, the whole story. Yeah. yeah. It, it, okay. So, you know, like in Shit's Creek where like everyone is a different sexuality, like th- all of that is just like accepted. Yeah. Um, That could be a thing because of the era that it was made or that it was set in. You can't um, even if, do it because they've already... They've already it, established that it's, that it's transgressive. Not, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm so angry that the show did that because I'm trying to remember if like in the trailers or anything if they like hinted at him being gay. I don't think they did. I don't so remember. the fact that they like did it so much on the show, like they yeah. were dedicated. Like I for sure thought he was gonna like I was like, there's for sure something going on with him and that artist. And then the artist himself turned out to be someone who had affairs with men. And I was like, okay, so this is totally where they're taking this. They're gonna take this there. But then he he like starts um he's in a relationship with the with the dressmaker and I was like are you kidding me like why'd you do that like that was really annoying (laughs) I wonder if they're gonna like position him as bisexual yeah but then which would be be fine but yeah but I feel like if they do that they're gonna get accused of more queer baiting okay does that make sense not that like not to erase people who are bisexual in their identities Cause I think yeah. that's, I think that that's actually something that needs to be more fully explored, especially due to the stigma surrounding people who are bisexual, but 100%. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they'll, I don't know how they'll tell that line. Yeah. I feel like they would have, it would have been better if they had just made the artist, his friend. Yeah. Where like that and like explored the idea of like of what they established already which was that he had his actual lover and then he had his wife as a cover yep rather than kind of involving benediction like I don't I agree with you I think if they try to position him that way it'll be more 
queerbaiting, and I don't see how you can completely rewrite the Sophie story without, like, if if you decide to go that way. And it also just, it just doesn't fit in with the rest of the series. Like, you'd essentially be changing the story completely. Yep. And, and that's why, like, if they had just made him his friend, that would have been totally fine. But then, like, he goes to that party and he sees yeah. him in the room and then he starts having a threesome with the dressmaker or something. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me right now? Like, come on. Because it was just, like, such – it was it was kind of like, haha, like, fooled you. And I'm like, why would you do that? Because that's just kind of shitty. Yeah. Did you see that people yeah. were losing their minds over the dressmaker? Why? About whether she – as a person of color would have a business at that time would as a single lady be having a business all this kind of stuff yeah the actors had to like post about it and be like can you guys fuck off like (laughs) i did not see this the queen is black like we are just doing like things that we want yeah i feel like we've established that this isn't like a typical traditional type of you know like Come on. So it was very I strange. don't know. There was also yeah. the Duke of Hastings is black and so yeah. is the yeah. It was yeah. very strange. But it was also yeah. like women were in fact Buddhists. Like yeah. yeah. It was weird. Okay, yeah, that was dumb. I did not know that at all, Georgia. I had no idea that that happened. Yeah, it was um, like I saw it because I after like it was coming out, I was following that. I was like, oh, I'm gonna follow them, seeing them on Instagram and what they do. And she had to like post about it i'll see if i can find it and send it um it was very strange interesting it might have been her story but yeah it was just like it was just like really that's the thing that you're keying in on in the show is being like if you are if you are this person who's like i'm gonna nitpick in this show yeah they're also playing wildest dreams in one of the ball scenes on the strings like yeah that stupid girls song by maroon five which i will not lie sounds kind of (laughs) good They also played In My Blind by Sean Mendes. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Which by the I don't think I've heard I've listened to that song. I was thinking the other day, I was like, oh, I wonder what songs I would want them to put in the second season. Mm, And I was thinking about it. Yeah, like like obviously like violin, um, something. And I was thinking about that. Obviously, there's like a bunch of Taylor Swift songs that I could just name. But yeah. Oh, so but funny. I thought, oh my God, I thought one of them they should do is Royals by by Lord. Lord. I just think that would be so good. They like, should. For that show. That'd be amazing. That would be um, funny. but yeah. And what was I gonna say? Um, who do you guys think would be good for oh my god, the girl well no, but she's white. I'm so stupid. But I still would like her, the actress that I showed you that oh, was yeah, on yeah. um Game of Thrones. I would love for her to play. Let's, okay, let's pretend that they're going to go by the book and that it's going to be Benedict with Sophie. I would love for the actress that I showed you both. Um, her name is Aisling Franciosi. She's very, she's Irish, but she's clearly very clearly Italian. Italian. <laughs> well. Yeah, this is going to say very Italian. Um, I would love for her to play Sophie. How is Sophie that described in the book? I don't even remember. Oh, wait, she has blonde hair in the book. I'm so dumb. <laughs> Remember. I just realized she has blonde hair because I kept imagining her having brown hair. Mm, and that's so, fair. yeah, so I don't know why. I think it's because like Daphne has brown hair, Kate has brown hair in the book, and then 
I just assumed Sophie would. But then I remembered like this, like Benedict's story is kind of like Cinderella and Cinderella's blonde. Mm-hmm. So I kept remembering, like I kept thinking about that. I'm like, she's blonde, she's blonde. Um, but yes, she's, she has blonde hair in the, in the book. Okay, we do have to talk. Okay, the differences we've kind of threaded through. Yeah. <laughs> we do have to talk about the one big difference. On the show? Which, yeah, from the book, which okay. is the <laughs> sex scene after she figures out how sex actually works. Yes. Um, and what happens. So for people who haven't read the books, actually, maybe we should start with the show. What happens in the show is she figures out that, okay, so Daphne marries Simon. He says he didn't want to get married because he didn't, he said he can't have children and she has always wanted a family. And she's like, I'll marry you anyway, because I love you, whatever. So they get married. They have sex. When they have sex, she doesn't know how sex works, which I think is actually like a fine plot line to have. And I think I mean, that's historically accurate if we're going to go with that. Um, and so they have sex and he just pulls out like that's what he does. And it turns out that it's not that he can't have children. It's that he's made a vow that he won't have children because he hates his father and he doesn't want to pass on the Hastings line. She figures it out in the show and then they have sex and she just like doesn't yes. let him pull out. And that's it. In the book. <laughs> I'm going to get some of this wrong because I read it like a little while ago, but she figures out that he's lied. Yeah. The way that she forces him to like fully finish is he's blackout drunk basically. Mm-hmm. and it start. can you guys remind me it starts because he's dreaming right he starts I like kind of he, I, I feel like remember how it I feel like I just remember that he was super drunk he yeah. like they get in I think it's they get in a fight he goes out and yeah. gets shit-faced yeah comes yeah. back gets into bed and I think he's dreaming and he's like feeling her up and she's basically like my time to shine. Let's go. I think that's yeah. And she proceeds to have sex with him. And I think uh, the complication comes, obviously he's, it's non-consensual in the sense that she's having sex with someone who's blackout drunk Mm -hmm. and he like finishes. And the big thing is he starts to stutter again, which that doesn't happen in the show. Um, but so when I first read it, I didn't see it as problematic at all. Like, I guess this was six or seven years ago. And then when I read it more recently, like a year ago, maybe I realized like, oh, this is really problematic because it's non-consensual. And I think there's like two things that kind of complicate it when you're reading it, especially first. The first thing is that consensual sex and the gray area of drinking and also the gray area of him feeling her up. So it's confusing of whether or not she is like fully like she knows that he's drunk, but I think she also thinks that he's into it, which is weird. Still not condoning it. Still very bad. Um, But then the second thing is we don't talk about male rape, like women rape men. Yeah. And so there's like, I, I think the first time I read it, I didn't pick up on it because for me at that time, I didn't understand the concept of 
of non-consensual sex and rape in that way. And for me, I'm assuming that at the time I read it, I was like, he's a powerful man. <laughs> like she can't yeah. rape him because that's not how power dynamics work. But then rereading it was like, oh no, this is like, this is bad. <laughs> and yeah. so for the show, they obviously changed that because they couldn't have done that in the show. There's no way. Yeah. There's like no way. And it's interesting because it's still published in the book, obviously. And I don't actually know if Julia Quinn's ever commented on it. I I think she did. Did she? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like it would be an awkward thing to have to comment on. Yeah, because think? like she's getting like, you know, called out for it. What did you guys think yeah. when you read it? I didn't actually so, read it. <laughs> Okay, so oh, I yeah, did Sam read it. Skimmed. <laughs> Sam skimmed. Sam skimmed. I just didn't read I, it. I did read it, and obviously this is after I watched the show, and I knew that this was going to happen because I remember seeing an article about that scene, but I hadn't watched. I haven't. I hadn't watched it yet, so I saved the article because it was like uh, Bridgerton fans have been talking about this controversial scene. So I saved it until after I watched the show and then I watched the show and then it says in the book, she does this. And then in the show that, that, that did not, I guess that didn't happen or it did happen, but like, cause I'm kind of forgetting. I don't think it happened on the show. It didn't. No, no. On the show, he's no, not okay, drunk. Okay, she he's just not. like, okay, she's different. just on top of him yeah. and doesn't let him like push her off. Which yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. Is that still bad? Like, I don't really know. I'm, yeah, I'm. I I like don't. I I'm trying to figure out like if I was in that position, like forcing someone to impregnate me. I feel like that wouldn't be okay. Because it's kind I don't of know. like when, it's like it's yeah. a weird thing. Yeah, because to me, it's kind of like you know when someone is wearing a condom and they take it off without telling the other person. But yeah. this is like totally. Di- this is like different because she's on top of him, and I, yeah, I, I, I just, it's, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's more so, great in the book, right? Because like in the book, it's like, clear she's clearly yeah. it's non-consensual sex. Yes, one hundred percent in the book. Yeah, he's not yeah. even like awake. Yeah, for ninety percent of it. Um, I don't know. It's like it's very uncomfortable. Right? Now that I'm now it, that I'm thinking about it, I'm literally like, I if don't. If you think about think it from okay. the other way around, like if you were having sex with someone, and like for whatever reason, like Raj's example of the condom, but also like if your partner tells you he's gonna pull out and then he doesn't, like yeah, I would a hundred percent feel like my yes. <laughs> like I did not consent to you coming inside of me. Like, yeah. And that's basically the same thing, right? Yeah. It's very strange. Also, like, we're going to be historically accurate, which we obviously have talked about how that's problematic. Um, Marital rape was, like, fine. Yes, 100%. Like, it's, that's the other complicated thing. And then the, uh, the extra complicated thing is that I think particularly at the time the book was published, which I think was like the mid 2000s, 
the conversation around consent for sure wasn't there, but I think also the conversation like around gray areas and what is and is not consent, but then also the conversation around like consent isn't just a one-time thing. Like they're married, right? right. but like just because they had sex one time, like the consent doesn't like just carry through and that like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's complicated, (laughs) but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I just um I really don't like show, the Daphne character anyway. I will be honest. Me neither. So that also makes it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that like the show is going to fix all of these problems um that are now very obviously problematic that would not be accepted. Um, like you know, these books were written like 20 years ago. I'm sure if social media was how it was back then, someone read that book, they'd be like, What the fuck? Um, so there's well, definitely no, not I this happened. Oh no, it's not really the same. Mm, kind of, I guess. Well, I'm I'm saying like 20 years ago, like literally like 2001. No, but I recently there's yeah. like this book by Sam Young called Fight or Flight, which I like really loved. And I thought like yeah. the dynamics were really good, everything was really good. And then it got to a certain point and I was like, oh, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this. And then I read someone's review after and I was like, oh, this is really bad. Because yeah. spoiler alert, he um breaks up with his ex-fiance because she betrayed him by she was like she got an abortion and she was like okay it's my body I'm getting an abortion and he was like this bitch yeah. like stole my whole world and like my whole life and like killed my baby and like all this kind of stuff and it was like that's not a great plot line to have um no 100% no <laughs> 100% now like, it was so rough and that was only published like three years ago so this shit happens where they like yeah you're yeah stuff I don't know anyway I feel like we're not gonna get anywhere with this other than like it's not great no no it's not and and I'm like I'm trying to like think if there was anything as problematic as that in um in the second book and I don't think there is no Unless I'm being completely, yeah, I don't think there is. Um, well, okay, except for the fact that, like, Anthony is, like, kind of a dick to Kate. Yeah, he is a dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, the part where she, like, goes into his office and he's in there with the opera singer and she hides under the desk and he, like, steps on her hand. It's like, what the fuck is your problem, dude? <laughs> like so much I, I hated that I hated that so much and oh. am I I could be wrong but has there has there been time was there a time when he was like rough with her like did he grab her I think it was in that scene no he just okay for, we wrong. should like this for spoilers we're going into spoilers <laughs> um, oh yeah and, oh, story. oh I thought that was I was gonna say I thought that was you know established but yes well we are you we can, are in <laughs> I will timestamp this if people have issues yes, yes, yes. now yeah. um no I think he manhandles her when the bee sting happens because he kind of has it. he like rips her <laughs> and she's like what the fuck yeah. are you oh doing? yes and he's yes, like yes, freaking yes. out because of the bee sting um, yes oh my god okay the I think that's it because we want to do the next book as a separate episode because we've been recording for two hours <laughs> oh shit it's yeah 9 30 <laughs> I didn't realize oh it's it's 12 23 a.m <laughs> yes I have to work at nine in the morning but I'm good <laughs> yes 
<laughs> yes, we can totally do that. Um, we can, we can, um, <laughs> we I like that we little... thought we could do three books in one episode. No, Hey, listen, that's why I said, Oh wait, we were going to talk about the whole series, but then I was like, yeah. wait, I've only read the first three, please. <laughs> I, um, I had a lot more feelings about the show than I thought.